0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Sights on Sinnoh. My name is William.
1: And I'm Manny.
0: And Manny is back with us to talk about episode 8 and 9 of the Diamond and Pearl anime. Again this series is all about getting ready for Sinnoh as the remakes are set to come out this year. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl seem to be a fun time ahead. We don't know much about them yet but we're excited to see what Sinnoh has to offer on the Switch. And if you are interested in watching these episodes with us, you can again go to Pokemon.com and watch Pokemon TV for those
1: episodes. Will you be picking up any of these games, Will?
0: Oh, I yes, I will probably go with Diamond since that's the first since Diamond is the first Sinnoh game that I got, followed by Platinum.
1: How about you? Um, yeah, I'm kind of leaning more towards uh, Legends Arceus oh okay i mean i i might buy one of the uh the remakes just not anytime soon but eventually yeah because you know we got to fill up that um the home pokedex to get that Magirna. oh
0: that's true yeah i mean i'll probably end up getting both and Arceus might not come out for at least another year so i think to satisfy my appetite I'll, i'll get that update or i'll get the remake i mean
1: I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Arceus. To I know people are complaining about the artwork, but I guess they couldn't read that it was alpha footage. People just, I guess, are too stubborn to read. Little disclaimer. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the, the concept looks very interesting. Uh, I mean, it gives me another chance to choose Rally as a starter, so I'm good <laughs> with that. I haven't chosen
0: Rally as a starter yet, though I might because I just got Pokemon Sun. And... Oh, that's cool. I need to get through that for the first time because I've only played through Ultrasun. But hmm. to get the Magirna, at least to get a second Magirna, I will be playing through that again. Which, although it will be fine, I guess I've done it once. I'll yeah. just kind of speed run through this.
1: You've done the the Isle of Armor, right? The the Diglett ending thing. I yeah. Well,
0: oh. I haven't finished that. I got I think like a hundred of them.
1: Okay, there's. Point. I guess depending on which starter you choose, they give you the Alolan starters. So because I didn't know that, I picked Sobble. And once they told me you got Popplio, I kind of regretted not getting Grookey. I wanted to get that Rally.
0: Yeah, I mean it'll be cool to just go through Sinnoh in some way using newer Pokemon. Which, I mean, I kind of hope that Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl let me do but if they're going to be super faithful and not let anything in that's not from that region like they did with Let's Go, maybe that's where the appeal of Legends of Arceus
1: is. Yeah, that's that's something that's definitely on everyone's eye. See if if um, some Pokemon will be allowed or is it just going to be the pure You know, I think people are worried about HMs coming back. Of the word mm. faithful. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, oh, you know, Pokemon yeah. fans,
0: they want well, something,
1: they complain that they get it.
0: Right. <laughs> but this episode, episode eight of Diamond and Pearl, is called Jim Belair. And it's actually about a gym, suspiciously enough. So I'm going to read a quick blurb about it just to recap people on it. There's a new gym in Sinnoh, and Team Rocket is in charge. With Jesse as Princess Powerzone, the gym leader, and James as a crooked referee, there should be no way they can lose to their latest challenger. Yet somehow they do. After the battle, Meowth goes out to get snacks and comes back with an ominous Croagunk on its tail. Croagunk isn't impressed by Team Rocket, but they're impressed by Krogunk's poison chap move, so they recruit the Pokemon to help them out. So this was an interesting episode in terms of its opening where you've, you're you yeah, just definitely. in the middle of a battle. Uh, you use steam Rocket's there and they're all in these really poorly fashionable choices in terms of disguises.
1: Yeah, but I, I kind of like that um, Jesse's disguise was a nod to her a Viper. That's true, yeah. That was really cool because, um, you know, they're... They're they're the villains, but they they love their Pokemon just as much as as any of the other trainers.
0: Yeah, I saw Jesse's dress and was thinking for a second about the Battle Pike Queen, Lucy. Because she has a vague Viper theme going on that's more subtle than this. But for some reason, that immediately came to mind for me. Uh, Lucy is from the Battle Frontier in Emerald, so she's not super present, but I guess I, I just had that on the mind uh, when I saw her disguise. She was in the anime, right? Yeah, and yes, Lucy has been in the anime.
1: Okay, yeah, I think I remember her.
0: Only for like one episode. But she starts off with dust against a Marowak, and yes. they lose, Or and the trainer claims the fake badge and runs off, and they're like, well, we keep losing, and we're out of
1: batches. <laughs> you gotta come up with a better strategy, Jesse.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like maybe she's won once or twice, but the way they seem to treat it is that she hasn't won at all since they started this game.
1: Yeah. You know, during the the beginning, I actually thought she was going to win it. Cause it, looked mm. like, it looked like she was actually holding her own against the trainer.
0: Yeah, it was like not a complete wipe on her part.
1: Yeah, because I was like, oh, well, I mean, this trainer's probably not as good compared to their battles against Ash, or maybe they're mm-hmm. getting used to Ash's style, so it's helping them develop more. But uh, yeah, I was kind of rooting for her at the beginning.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think she, they, well, the thing is, they have to have won some because we see later on that they have all these Pokeballs from Challengers. So, yeah, she's had some victories, probably maybe using like a Viper or something else, or maybe she cheated. Though it seems like she, they were actually battling fairly, like they weren't using some hidden item or something. Like I've seen her Dustox use in Hoenn, actually, for at least mm-hmm. a Pokemon contest. But yeah, then yeah. Meowth goes to the store to get some snacks, and there's just a Crow Gunk outside the store, which is already kind of
1: suspicious. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's just chilling there. Yeah,
1: that, that Krogunk, I don't think is a Krogunk I'd want to mess with.
0: Yeah, he's like, I, I don't know what he's thinking. He's not really expressive. Yeah. He's just inflating his cheeks, and letting them deflate. But he follows Mouth all the way back, and he's just bored, is apparently the issue that he's
1: having. Yeah, I, I didn't... Yeah, I think, and I'm glad they kind of brought that up because I was confused as to why it decided to follow Meowth out the first place. You, yeah. You see that, yeah, it's just hanging out outside the um, shop, I guess, kind of look cool. I'm to figure out, you know, what am I going to do today? I just stay here. and
0: Because Meowth, I Meowth thought he was going to get mugged. <laughs> he was yeah. Like...
1: yeah. It's I mean, come for my food. I was scared for his life, and uh, this uh, right off the bat, I kind of I think it clicked in my head. It's like, oh, this is probably Brock's um, mm-hmm. and uh, I-, I was excited because um, Krogunk is one of the Pokemon that I like, and uh, I, I mained it in Pokemon tournament because it's a really good Ooh. uh fighter. I was definitely excited because I don't remember how Brock and Krogunk met, how he caught as well. I just remember him already having it from brief episodes that I saw. This was really exciting to see if, if this was that Krogunk or if if it was uh, uh, just a Krogunk that helped out Team Rocket and just to see um, what the process was for him and Brock.
0: Right, because I also didn't remember where his Krogunk came from. It just seemed really random and this is proven to be like that that it was a kind of a random coincidence how they met and we have seen at this point at least two wild Baneeris that isn't the Baneeri that one of the characters is catching
1: yeah it's just one is infatuated with (laughs) Baneeris
0: right and here Team Rocket recruits this Krogug to just battle for them because apparently it likes battling And it's won a few matches for them as far as they can tell. But the whole scheme that they're pulling off here is with this fake gym saying that if you lose, you can leave your Pokemon to train with the gym leader and will return the Pokemon back to you in like a day. Mm -hmm. So with Krogan's help, they're able to start doing this until our team of heroes, Ash, Don, and Brock show up along with a trainer called Minnie, who is also trying to get a gym battle, but she is the one who actually told Ash and crew about this new gym that popped out of nowhere. She's like, oh, yeah, there's this gym that's coming out called, like, Power Zone Gym or something. Uh, yeah, Power Zone Gym. And she thinks it'd be good for her Scissor if she loses to, to get some training there. So that's why everyone's like, all right, yeah, let's go check out this new gym, because they just
1: want their first gym badge. Yeah, this is our introduction to Minnie, who in the anime yeah, shares the same name, but it's pronounced M-I-N-E, M-I-N-E in the sub. Uh, we get to know her first by being introduced to her Scizor, which is another Pokemon that I like. So yeah! Is, is good, I mean, this was a good episode, you know, Krogunk and Scizor. And um, again, another one that I used in Pokémon because it's a very good fighter in Pokémon as well scissor Sis or is it a fighter scissor yeah you can you can use scissor as a fighter in Pokémon tournament
0: oh, really okay yeah i yeah. have it but i forgot the fighter roster
1: yeah and uh you know we see brock doing his usual shtick but um i thought it was funny how she completely ignored him <laughs> just ignored him and, and spoke straight to ash and dawn and then they're like you know let's go and you know brock is just still there <laughs> just yeah rejected. yeah that was it's perfect. Funny. It's a good
0: foreshadowing of of fro- it's a good foreshadowing of Brock's future days uh, after this episode. But what ends up happening once they're at the gym is that Minnie battles Jesse, who's in the sky still, and I think, like through some bad referee calls by James, which are on purpose, Minnie ends up losing technically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. leaves her scissor there, and like they they can already tell something's up because Don's like, yeah. this doesn't seem right. Is this right?" <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I... good. I thought that this was uh, in terms of team team Rocket, I thought this was um a really cool cool visual of of what they do because um. James, the minute they see them, James is like, "Oh, well, you know, they always fall for our disguises, so it's not like they're gonna know it's us." And I thought that was like a really cool breaking of the fourth wall. And um, <laughs> when we go on to later, to later what happens, and Brock is all like, "Oh, it's them! How do they do that?" I thought that was a really a joke that they they put it during that episode where they realize it's them, and then during what ends up happening later. I thought that was that was a pretty funny joke them acknowledging that you know these kids. We fooled them so many times they they pretty much don't know it's us when you can see Jesse's long hair and James's blue blue hair, but for some reason they just don't know it's them.
0: Just yeah, it's it's just the, the trick of the light or something happening in yeah. there. But yeah. then Ash wants to battle using his APOM, but they say that you need to battle her using Pikachu. Which is just a foil for them to grab Pikachu as it's out in the battle, and then reveal that their gym building is actually a hangar for their Meowth balloon. Somehow, like you, it, the camera cuts to the outside of the building where the gym just kind of opens up from the top, and the balloon is in inflating and pushing the walls to the side because they're just like cardboard walls but we don't really see where the the carriage part of the balloon is though it supposedly would be right under the field or like right where the battle field is located so i don't know how that works but uh they uh
1: the, the magic of, of cartoons, I guess.
0: Yeah, basically, and they put Pikachu in I mean, the net. Yeah.
1: It's they did bring their, their balloon out of a out of a, a boat in the first episode.
0: That's true, yeah, somehow. And then they reveal that they're Team Rocket, of course, and Pikachu's captured in this net. And they're taken off, as always. So the crew starts chasing them and Ash sends out Starly to start attacking the balloon, and Brock is leaving the gym but sees Krogon just chilling there, and he makes like a weird mm-hmm. face, uh, yeah. because apparently he's also a little perturbed by this Krogon that's just chilling there.
1: Yeah, uh, I will say, um, thing that I liked about the sub during the the gym battle was Jessie would speak in English to keep her disguise. That oh. was really cool. Yeah. She was like playing to her character. And she had a catchphrase. Every time she would win, she would be, I'm a winner. And um it was it was cool because she would celebrate and during like she'd be talking Japanese, but she during some of her sentences she would blurt out like uh English phrases, which I thought was cool. Yeah, um, it just shows like how, how into character she was. And oh that's funny. So it was all yeah. cover. Yeah. I don't know what they could have done in the dub to help that out so that it wouldn't be as obvious. I feel yeah, like, maybe you, like you know, yeah. or I feel like they, they, they should at least recognize their voices by now, right? hmm Yeah. Sometimes so, they do um, try
0: to change it, but it's not very consistent. Yeah,
1: I feel like yeah, I feel like they sh- they could have done something to help her also stay in character of Princess Power Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something that I, I kinda liked in the dub because I think most of her her like English races were very funny and they were like just just made me love that that character she was in.
0: Yeah, it was surprisingly detailed for the amount of story that we got from this. Like I thought yeah, there was gonna that. be a lot more of this
1: can we talk about um James defending the the bottle caps when? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it as the as the gym badge and the kids were like, um, oh, these just look like regular bottle caps to me. <laughs> yeah, because they run out of gym badges and
0: they don't have time to make new ones. So James actually crafts one out of some bottle caps, and it looks like a weird little triangle thing. And people yeah. are like, "That is that real?" And yeah. he's very upset that people don't think it's real, which is. A great way to defend your fake gym badge.
1: Yeah, and it, it makes me wonder what their fake gym badges looked like. Yeah, they, they said never they had, show it. Yeah, they said they had ran out, right? So, Because you see one of the challengers who
0: wins run up to the podium, grab something, and leave, but you never actually yeah. see the design. And I would love to see what that looks like.
1: Yeah, that, that probably would have been cool. It would, it would be funny to see if, if, if uh, Meowth crafted them or not, just to see like his little handiwork. But the fact that they run out, I guess, goes to show that Jessie definitely lost more than she won.
0: And there's, like, I don't know, 20 or something Pokeballs that you see in the Meowth when they take off. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming most of those came in, like, the last two to three hours of her using Krogunk. From the time that she gets Krogunk to fight with her to the moment that their cover gets blown.
1: Wouldn't that mean that Krogunk would have had to lose? Because... Had a craft one since they ran out,
0: right? Well, they ran out of badges before. Oh, prevention. you're right, you're right. Yeah,
1: yeah, they must have been on a winning streak and completely forgot. That yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah, what okay. I'm
0: assuming. So, that's yeah, how they got all these balls, and that's how they avoided yes. the problem of the, the gym badges being gone. But yeah. anyway, Starly is taking down the balloon after a few quick attacks, it's able to pop the balloon, get them to crash, and ha- I can't remember, like, they basically just get all the balls back, like they said, Team Rocket blasting off, and now they're left with a weird dilemma that I assume the police would just help them with, which is just, hey, how do we return all these Pokeballs to their traders? Because mm-hmm. they have no way of contacting them, there's like no list or record that Team Rocket kept where they can just say, oh, this belongs to this person, this belongs to that person. And the only way that they know these trainers will come back is because Team Rocket told them that they should come back within like a day or so. So, yeah, really awkward moment, actually.
1: Yeah, and you know, I, I at the beginning and in, in both the dub and sub, I don't know how i missed that they said they were gonna just train them for the entire day and because i missed that i was like why are these kids abandoning all of their pokemon like what's going on like i know you (laughs) want to want yeah i was like i know i know they want them to become strong but like they're really just giving them away so easily yeah like daycare yeah and then um thanks to Minnie, who said you know oh they're gonna come back i'll just wait here i was like oh okay Mm, okay. Even I, yeah, even I was surprised. Like, why are you giving up your scissor? I mean, come on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's a important detail for sure. But Minnie's excuse is a reasoning is that she isn't ready to take down the Orberg Gym after her experience with this fake gym. So she's just gonna hold off on that and might as well help people get their Pokemon back.
1: How do you how do you feel about that? Because to me, that was kind of like, you beat a Krogunk. What do you mean you're not ready?
0: Yeah, like she took out Krogunk with two turns, basically. Yeah. The only reason it wasn't cold as a victory was because James was cheating to, to make sure Jesse won. So yeah. I don't see where she's coming from with that.
1: Yeah, that, that was kind of a, a disconnect. Because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, your sister's pretty good. I don't know. Why like, you felt you're not ready?
0: I was going to ask you also if there was any difference with that in the sub.
1: No, everything was pretty much surprisingly everything was pretty much the same word for word. There's sometimes where the subs, um, the dubs will s- kind of switch phrases just to fit the mouthing. Um, Got it. Or okay. just to to make uh, small jokes because in the if we go back to the the first episode when dawn goes into the restaurant um i forgot what she says in the, the dub but the the cook asks her like oh aren't you gonna want your breakfast oh that's whereas, funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that that was in the dub whereas in the sub she goes i'd like a pokemon please and the cook goes pokemon coming right up and when they show him he goes wait pokemon oh really so they, yeah so they didn't they switch that I guess to make a uh, joke more funnier for kids. Gotcha. But yeah, at times they'll, they'll switch the phrasing. Like Another interesting one was when before Don left, I was talking to her mom. Her mom told her, you know, coordinators started off as trainers. Oh, no, she says, to become a coordinator. You need to become a trainer and a breeder. Do
0: you remember oh. that part? No.
1: Oh, in the first episode? Yeah, she tells her that before she leaves, she tells her, like, oh, you know, in order for you to become a coordinator, you need to be a trainer and a breeder first. That was in the sub? No, in the dub, in the dub. When she's, after, like, her little fantasy about which starter she wants to choose, mom tells her that, like, oh, you know, in order for you to become a coordinator, you gotta be a trainer and a breeder first. I thought that was interesting. I was like, hmm, I wonder what what, um, they might do with that. But in the... The sub, she tells her, she goes through and she goes, you know, uh, breeders, coordinators. And she said a third one that I can't remember. But she says all three of those started off as trainers. Interesting. She didn't tell her, yeah, she didn't tell her you need to be uh, a trainer and a breeder. She said no, in order, she didn't say you need to be a trainer and a breeder. She said, you know, if you look at breeders, if you look at coordinators, I can't remember what the third one was, but she said all of those, they started off as trainers. So that's why it's important for you to start off as a trainer. Yeah, sometimes they'll just move things around just just so that if it's the the mouthing of the characters, which is... I mean, I give my hats off to to whoever to do that because it it must not be like an easy task to do.
0: Totally, yeah. And speaking of mouthing, we have... uh... Pro Gunk just shown here with its mouth expressionless, but comes yeah. <laughs> up to Brock, and Brock just kind of says, Oh, do you want to join me? Yeah. And he nods. So, <laughs> this, this is the funniest part for me. Brock pulls out a Pokeball from his vest, which is a completely flat material. <laughs> over his shirt so I don't know how he has a Pokeball in there but he just takes it out and has Krogunk like get captured it. and he's like oh cool I caught Krogunk.
1: Yeah and then that's... he
0: goes back to uh harassing Minnie but as he's about to do more or like as he's about to talk more to her Krogunk comes out of the Pokeball and he's like oh what's wrong? And that's when he gets his first poison jab, and Krolog yeah. just drags him away, which is perfect.
1: I like I like how Krogon does the poison jab. It looks like like it kind of turns its its arm upside down, or like mm-hmm. it spins it, and it delivers it. I think that's that's a, like a pretty cool um. Would you call it depiction? A, a really cool yeah detail, I guess depiction yeah. But again, it's was just a disconnect for me. Like I didn't. How did you feel about that sequence? Like them just staring at each other. Before he catches I... it. I
0: don't know why Krogunk likes Brock. Yeah. If he does. But there is an episode later where it's revealed that they well it's it's kind of weird but technically it shows that they have a strong bond. But I don't understand why. It's
1: very yeah. odd. Yeah, like, there, there are two interactions kind of left me scratching my head. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah. I thought... Yeah, the first I thought one it...
0: was, like, Brog staring at him, or Brock staring at the crow gunk and being a little freaked out, and then running away. And the second one mm. isn't much more informative.
1: Yeah, like I I thought that after this episode, um, Progunk was just gonna follow them on their journey before warming mm. up to Brock. That would have been
0: better, but I think. It,
1: yeah, so it kind of took me off guard that you know they have like that awkward pause, like just staring at each other, and and I'm like sitting there like, um, what's going on? And then I don't know, he's like, hey, do you want to come with me? And and just, was that like,
0: the same context that the sub provided?
1: Yeah, yeah. I was like, hmm, I wonder how they'll do it. And they, the exact same thing. The only thing is, they put that um, that bond building music in the background. It kind of helped out a bit. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. Oh, and um, also, uh, re- in regards to episode two, when you and Brady were talking about that awkwardness of Brock when he meets Ash. In in the sub, it's even worse. Oh
0: oh no! Like it's okay,
1: completely. I had no idea. Even reading the subtitles, I had no idea what was going on. Like the the dub made it easier to understand. Okay, the, the situation, and I think what I what I like about the dub is there's always background music playing. Mm-hmm. In the sub, it was just Brock and Ash talking, but the conversation felt so awkward. Like you can. Feel Ash's awkwardness, got it, yeah, I was like, mm, I don't know what's going on. this feels weird, and it felt like it took forever like that part I think that's that's just how awkward it was,
0: as far as I understand Krogunk's purpose, it's kind of like a weird team member like that isn't good or isn't like bad, but It just kind of makes everyone uncomfortable.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I like that. I I like that aspect about Krogan. This is just like, just imagine if there was like a Krogan just staring at you with his cheeks puffing. You know, probably there's no, it probably would just, you know, be spaced out. You wouldn't be able to tell just because of the way it looks. You probably feel just like me out, like, oh, I better step away from this Krogan. Now, I'm curious to know if the whole because this started with Misty, right? Misty was the reason uh, Brock would get tugged from girls?
0: Yes. So th- yeah, that's...
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess they just wanted another Misty and Max. They just decided to use Krogunk this time as like a, right. a fresh take on it. And but, I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that as well, but I just... The whole... Interaction between him and Brock kind of didn't do it for me. But I like Krogunk, man. From what I remember, Krogunk in battle was really good. I think that's why I liked it a lot.
0: Yes, he's that kind of sage Pokemon that doesn't say much or do much, but is very powerful uh, when needed.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that Krogunk would have been a good fit for Ash in terms of battling.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't complain if Ash had caught it because it would add a cool layer to his team in terms of the mystery of his Pokemon, because otherwise none of his Pokemon have, like, a super great backstory, at least early on. So it would have been nice to have that dynamic. But otherwise, Brock just needs a new Pokemon at this point. Like, he only has his Consulai, and that's, not going to be super helpful.
1: Yeah, and uh, how how do you feel about... um, just from what I can remember, because I haven't seen black and white. So how do you feel about Ash being the only one that has a full party of Pokemon, whereas his companions have maybe like three or two?
0: I always felt like it's weird when that happens. Yeah. Because, like, I I think it's mostly done to spotlight Ash the most, and also to not divide too much of the screen time among all these other party members if each pe- person had six Pokemon also. But I would prefer to see more Pokemon join and see them make more. Yeah. Run.
1: Yeah, because um, yeah, and, and I'll share more with that in the next episode because the next episode yeah. revolves around the capture. Yes, but that's yeah. perfect.
0: But before we do that, we want to give a rating to episode eight of *Gemini and Pearl*, Jim Belair. which is a combination of Jim and liar and a plan on words yeah. on Jim Belair.
1: Um, this is gonna be tough because I like that it was Team Rocket focused. Mm-hmm. Rocket as as a as a group, they're they're very funny. They're very energetic. They're full of life. The disc. Connect kind of play a factor into it, but I do love that we got to see Scizor and Krogon get a um, major spotlight in this, this episode. And also, I, you know, being a fan of the anime, I did not know that Sanslash was known as the mouse Pokemon, so that was, that was a bit of a surprise for me. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, probably probably just give it a six it was a good episode but there was too much that kind of left me confused i'll give it a six
0: yeah i'll give it a mm, i'll give it like a 6.5 because right. it does do something a little new with crow gunk and it kind of i i don't know if the payoff's gonna be there but I do find it interesting to see this member just kind of join, but also be very confusing to everyone, which I think is kind mm-hmm. of funny.
1: <laughs> there's only yeah. some
0: humor in there, but yeah, there's a lot of little moments that don't necessarily mesh together to bring the story
1: as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and uh, as as a as a Krogon fan, I'm very excited to see what Krogon does. Cause I do remember it being a very good in battle, but yes. my memory is too far removed to remember every single episode. Yeah, um, that's yeah. kind of
0: the takeaway from this, as you see him bored, so to keep himself from becoming bored, it battles, and that's why it joins Team Rocket for that case, but yeah. well, this is a weird... Situation of Pokemon joining the party of our main yeah. characters, but I think it's partially intentional. Okay. Because that's Krogan's personality. It's just very awkward, or at least makes the situation feel awkward <laughs> because of its face and its kind of lack of expression. So I wonder if that's what they were. What they were going for with how they designed this episode, but it's not entirely clear. So that's why I, w- I don't give it anything higher than six point five. Yeah, but
1: you see, yeah, that 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 um awkwardness of Krogonk is why I feel like it would have been better for Ash. Mm-hmm. We know that Ash, you know, likes Stray's. His his um his Pokemon have you know their awkwardness as well. Other personalities like the uh, Squirtle from the Squirtle Squad. You have the the two guardians, Bulbasaur and Turtwig, and mm-hmm. you know just just because Brock didn't really do anything, and since you know Krogon... yeah, like if Krogon had... is a fighter, doesn't want to be bored, you would think he would have gone with Ash, who was a fighter,
0: right? I I think that's the biggest point that you made right there that brock doesn't really do anything else this episode so it's kind of random that croak just joins him out of everyone
1: yeah but um really quick if you could remind me did did brock battle with bonsley in the battle frontier no
0: i don't think we've seen bonsley Bonsly battle at all
1: okay so then i'm probably remembering about i mean well then
0: no, I don't think so. Maybe later in this season. but Yeah, it
1: probably will be in...
0: This does give Brock a Pokemon that can battle, because Bonsly is still kind of treated as a baby. Yeah, it's just a weird episode in terms of execution.
1: Yeah, and and um, I'm, again, I'm looking forward to seeing Darth Krogan, because we know of Brock's history as a gym leader. The times that I remember him battling, he's very smart in terms of how he chooses to battle.
0: Yes. I don't think we really see
1: Brock battle much
0: in Battle Frontier or any of Hoenn, but there are definitely some moments where Mm -hmm. Brock is on the battlefield and is pretty
1: successful. I think one of my favorite moments in Johto was when he got Crobat. Yeah that a, uh, yeah, that was such a good spotlight as as Brock as a trainer but as a character. And just I just remember dude that epicness of, of mm-hmm. what causes Crobat to evolve and I was like, man, Crobat is such such a cool Pokemon. And I do remember him using Mudkip as well. So it'll be interesting yes. to see what other if he has any other members, but just uh in terms of him and Pro-Gunk bonding as a uh, trainer and partner.
0: Yeah. And it looks like we have another trainer and Pokemon bonding coming up in this new episode called yep. Episode Nine of Diamond and Pearl titled Setting the World on Its Baneery. The blurb goes When Dawn wakes up to a bad hair day, there's only one solution. <laughs> have Piplup use bubble beam to fix her hair. Yep. It's just another typical morning on the road for our heroes, until Pikachu catches the eye of a wild Buneary. Dawn wants to catch it for the upcoming Pokemon contest, but it's too shy to stick around for long. And when Beniri comes back, both Ash and Dawn want to catch it, but Beniri's too slick for Piplup to handle. That means Ash and Pikachu get a chance. Now, this episode does kind of establish the correct pronunciation which is more like Baneri, but I might just switch to the other one as I go through because it's a little easier to say.
1: Because yeah, it's Bunny, Ear, Baneri. Mm-hmm. But a disclaimer for those people that were wondering this is not the same Baneri that Don encountered in the second episode.
0: i That's my theory, my take on it. I think Greg. Recently mentioned in in an episode that we did that he it's not like super clear but to me I think it's clear because this Baniri is very much infatuated with Pikachu and we saw that other Baniri in episode two and we've seen the Baniri in episode four where. She's trying to catch one, but it runs away when she starts arguing with Ash. So I feel like that Buneary would have seen Pikachu that time and didn't or or apparently did not fall in love. So that's my assumption for why this is not the same one.
1: Yeah. And and we've seen in the past, um, I can't remember with which Pokemon, but they do make it obvious if it's the same Pokemon. So if 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 this was that same Baneri all the way back then, they would have hinted at it. I'm trying to remember who it was, but I think there was a Pokemon that followed Ash well, some episodes, and they're like, oh, it's that one from way back then. Yeah, yeah Pokemon has definitely done that where they tell you, oh, this is that specific right. but, Um It's not that Buneary. If you can just go over the beginning of this episode and then we'll discuss, because I thought Um I thought it was very funny in the beginning.
0: Yeah, I I mean the whole setup is is another look at Krogung's character because Brock drops a potato that he's peeling and asks for Krogunk to toss it back to him and Krogung kind of passively aggressively (laughs) kicks it back. Pikachu jumps in the air to catch it, which is where Baniri is peaked in terms of curiosity for pikachu and it's like oh my gosh this this dreamy pikachu just caught this potato out of the middle of the air yeah even though the whole thing is kind of weird because what's why did pikachu rush to catch it It was already on the floor it was like in the dirt
1: (laughs) yeah i guess pikachu uh, didn't want to let it go to waste
0: apparently but like it was already on the floor man like it's not gonna matter if it falls to the floor again I guess, yeah. but but yeah, it starts off with Dawn having a bad hair day, and then mm-hmm. Piplum uses Bubble Beam to, like, fix her hair, which is a thing, apparently, I guess. Like, I'm not sure the physics of that. I've I've never had to do my hair, so uh, we may need some insight from someone who, who has that experience on there. But what happens is that Apom steals Ash's hat, as it does, because that's just something Apom is known for doing. And yep, Pikachu A-Palm. chases after it using Quick Attack to steal the hat back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it accidentally goes too fast with the hat and lands in the middle of the road, which is more like a trail, honestly. Like I don't know what what's this brand- random trail doing here? That's big enough for like a, a motorcycle at least. Where Officer Jenny on their motorcycle is coming straight at Pikachu. So, Veneery seeing this hops into the middle of the road, grabs Pikachu, and hops to the other side. uh, Just barely getting missed by
1: Officer Jenny. I thought it was funny how both Ash and Brock are in their sleeping bags while Dawn has a a big tent all to herself. Yes! Yeah, it just shows her, her city girl side. It also makes me wonder... Do they say that her mom was a champion or she just competed?
0: They I think they do say that her mom was a winner of the grand contest basically because Okay, so that
1: would mean she probably had like celebrity status, right?
0: See, that's the part that's kind of ambiguous because the people who win are I think we've seen two people win, and they've both been adults. But she was like a girl who got it, and it was also like over probably tw- ten years ago at this point.
1: Yes, you see that—that's kind of something I'm—I'm I'm curious about because we know the first episode, and I think we see um don with that big trunk of clothes. Mm-hmm. And in in the second, she doesn't want to camp. She wants to go to the center and sleep on a bed. That would make me wonder if maybe after her mom becoming a champion was invited to contest as maybe a judge or so which led to Don knowing only keeping in comfortable beds. Oh, you mean like she got a job? Yeah, no, no, no. more like like, kind of like championship status kind of made her a celebrity. So when there was more grand festivals, she was probably invited as as a, a celebrity, I guess, to to enjoy in the festivities. Don growing up in, I guess, a somewhat pampered life, I think for me that would make more sense as to why.
0: Oh, because her mom was a celebrity, so yeah. maybe she kind of had that upbringing.
1: Yeah, so I think that makes... I guess let's let's make that head cannon just, just so <laughs> it doesn't sure. Yeah, it would make sense as to why Dawn wanted to take her trunk full of clothes, accessories, why she would have rather slept in the Pokemon Center than yeah. camping.
0: I would compare it to May though, where like everyone in Petalburg City and, and people who like follow contests know who she is because of her dad being the gym leader. But I I think no one really seems to say, oh, you're Johanna's daughter, unless they knew her mom at some level in the past. That's true. And
1: also, with the the whole potato thing, I thought, oh, Krogan's about to show Brock how to chop up a potato. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so maybe they're going to do some bonding and Krogan's going to be secretly a really good chef. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah i was waiting for him to do that but we saw krogan just be like oh here's your potato and just kick it back
0: yeah i i'm i'm very curious what everyone else is going to think of krogan as we move along yeah. but um yeah it's it's a weird relationship that they got going there but yeah. and we he, he yeah. gets a moment later in this episode so let's yes let's get there slowly but Going back to the to the road where Jessie almost ran over Pikachu, she uh, she gets mad at Pikachu for not looking at both sides before crossing, but I mean Pikachu just didn't know there was a road there to begin with. So yeah. I'm like, all right, take it you can take it easy on him, but that's where Don sees Don learns from Brock that there's multiple Officer Jennies.
1: Yes, because we've all well been there as well.
0: <laughs> yes, we, we've talked about that before. There's multiple yeah. n- Nurse Joys, but she's still learning yeah. that. And, and then... again,
1: this, this goes back to the whole me saying that uh, at one point Diamond and Pearl was somebody's first enemy. Yes. That was, but yeah, so that was also like, and, and with Nurse Joy as well, something that they will always establish because they're aware that maybe this is somebody's first enemy. That's always a, a good thing for them to establish. Yeah, I don't remember how they
0: do it in future seasons when Brock isn't around anymore. But I, I always, I'll, I'm always kind of happy to see Brock pull out the picture
1: that shows all yeah. the all of the Jennies <laughs>
0: and all the joys.
1: Yeah, and they're like, uh, Jenny's like, "Oh, that was at the festival. Like, were you there?" And he's like, "No, but I wish I was."
0: Yeah, like wait, how like, do you have this picture? picture? Yeah,
1: <laughs> did you... yeah, but Maybe, yeah, he uh, just. Maybe the telephone um the uh, the telephone screens have printers in them or something. I guess.
0: Like he just goes to the region and is like one picture of the last Jenny festival place. Yeah.
1: I think this is probably the last they do to acknowledge this, right? Because Iris and yes. um Iris and what's that guy's name? I don't know his name. The one with the, the Pan I mean. Yeah. They, they probably know about the Jenny's and the Joy's, right?
0: Yes, I, I think so.
1: But Jenny actually pulls out her own picture
0: of three mm-hmm. suspects who pose to the camera while robbing yeah. machine parts from some nearby warehouse. And she pulls it to ask Ashley Friends if they know these yep. people or they've seen them. Because to they're the viewers. Yeah. And she's to them.
1: The viewers. It's obvious who it is, but to Ash and Brock and Dawn, what's their answer? Nope, we've never seen them before.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's rough,
1: and and we kind of get uh, a hint of Dawn's naivete as her kind of being upset that she hasn't caught her first Pokemon yet, and Brock kind of having to tell her, you know, like, hey, you know, be patient, you know, you'll get your time.
0: Yeah, and she is very upset and like slams the table yeah. at lunch. Yeah. Mostly and, because she says that she wants her new Pokemon for her for the contest because they're mm-hmm. almost in Jubilife City where the contest yeah. is going to take place.
1: Yeah, and, and we also have to remember, you know, she's ten years old, so it's it's typical behavior for a ten year old to kind of get uh impatient and anxious as well and And I kind of like that because it just shows how passionate she is about being a coordinator that she she wants to add more to her team so that she can show the world what she's capable of and and I liked I watched um the episodes leading up to this. I loved that whole instinct that she had about Piplup doing beam in a in a circle. Mm-hmm. The fact that, that she thought of that and wanted the bubble beams to kind of explode like fireworks, I thought that was really cool and shows that she's always thinking about. It just shows how much she loves coordinating, and it's not just her trying to fill, sh- fill her mom's shoes. It's not just her saying, oh, you know, my mom is a coordinator, so I guess I have to be a coordinator.
0: Yeah, definitely. She she has her passion, she's excited about it and she wants to do as much as she can to be successful at it. So that's why she's like, I really want this veneery. So when they finally catch up to it, Ash is like, Well if that's how you feel, go for it. He's like he's like, I can see you're you're really into this and you really want this to to get to your goal, so I'm gonna let you have the first shot.
1: Her second attempt, wasn't it? Because I, think I remember he said, whoever catches it first, was the person that doesn't can't complain. Was that during he, that first battle? Yeah, like, I think yeah, that's you it's for, it. for it.
0: Yeah, and, yeah okay. and then he just changes his mind. He's like, oh, all right, yeah. you go for it. Uh, yeah, and it
1: that just shows um, how good of a friend Ash is as well. It's like, you know, I really like this Pokemon, but you know what? I can see you're determined to get it, so I'll let you
0: get it. But in this case, Dawn takes the lead and has Pip-Up attack Beniri. But Baniri keeps dodging and uh, is able to confuse Piplup using Dizzy Punch. Mm -hmm. Um, And the whole time you can see that it's kind of flirting with Pikachu. Like it's kind of covering its face because it's like, oh,
1: don't look at me. Are you looking at me? (laughs) Like, no, don't look at me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's really funny and cute. Uh, And then that's how she takes out Piplup pretty quickly actually using bounce and dizzy punch dawn is really sad actually like mm-hmm. she's like oh i can't do anything right like i, I can't even catch this pokemon and pimple's yeah. knocked out so she can't really do anything else so she says all right ash it's your turn because she's a pokemon yeah. to battle with because yeah i think in-
1: it was to show you know her ex- inexperience as a trainer because this is, you know, her first journey. We don't really know how long it's been since she's left home, but you could see the panic that she was going through when Piplup got confused. She was like, oh no, what do I do? Like, right. oh, do I just lose. And Brock having to tell her, you know, like, hey, just put him in the Pokeball and then bring him out. He'll be fine. But she didn't get a chance to do that because she.
0: Yeah, and then Piplup got knocked out by Veneri's yeah. uh, Bounce. So after that, Ash steps in and sends a Pikachu. But Veneery starts acting super shy around it, and they're like, what's happening? And Don and Brock kind of explain yeah. to Ash, who's still clueless about love, that Veneery yeah. seems to have a crush on Pikachu. And he's like, what? That's not, that's
1: awkward. <laughs> yeah, like his cousin's like, well, what do we do about this now? Yeah. yeah.
0: And Ash tries to throw a Pokeball at it, but Veneery unleashes an ice beam and freezes everyone except Starly and...
1: Yeah, Starly was quick enough to leave.
0: Yeah, Starly was able to get away and Pikachu, who's fine. But w- I want to call out this little moment that I saw, which was Starly was resting on Turtwig's head. Oh, yes,
1: yes. Thank you that for reminding adorable. me. That was Yeah, I forgot to write that in my notes. So the minute I saw it, I was like, oh, man, I need to bring this up because that was... Yes. But, yeah, and, and I wonder how how... Thirty turtuk's leaves are for yeah i am like that's some stiff yeah. like
0: <laughs> um tree you gotta grow in there true yeah.
1: and also i i liked a whole sequence of Baniri shooting the ice beams at piplup's bubble beams Buckle. and the way they mm-hmm. the way that they dispersed like little crystals I wonder if that was foreshadowing for what Don mm. might do with Veneer, because I thought that was really cool, and yes. I wish they, they would have picked like, a focus on that on Don, like a close-up. Be like, oh wow, this. Ice yeah,
0: ice I was also yeah. interested because I thought they were going to mention an observation
1: about that, but they mm. didn't. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool, really cool part. Yeah. yeah, right. Starly on a on a tertiary. That was that was pretty <laughs> cute. That was pretty cool. And, and you know, props to Starly for, for being able to pick up that that Ice Beam was going to come and be like, nope, I'm out of here. Like,
0: all right, bye, turkey. <laughs> so it flies off, and Beniri doesn't know this, but doesn't really care because it just wants Pikachu, so it grabs it and starts running away with it until it's an mm. area where it's alone with Pikachu. But Pikachu is mad, and Beniri is yeah. shocked. Like, Holy Pikachu's God. like, what did you do? Like, you just froze my traitor and his friends and kidnapped me and pikachu's just like i had to get out here but baneeri is also really sad so it starts crying yeah (laughs) and then starly who's flying around looking for pikachu lands next to them and just like looks at baneeri crying and then looks over at pikachu
1: (laughs) and it's like (laughs) like, what did you do
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs)
1: that was funny
0: it's a great moment, but I think Bichu explains, like, no, it's, I uh, yeah, just go find everyone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, that was, but that was when, when Team Rocket comes. He yes. That was really cool, the way that they had Pikachu communicated like that. It was, it wasn't just like, oh, Pika, it was more like, like a sentence, or you could mm-hmm. pick up that Pikachu was like, hey, go get the trainers.
0: Yep. It was actually like speaking to him, and you didn't really yeah. need to understand what it was saying. Yeah, to I, 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 yeah a
1: message. I like when they when they do that because like you don't really know what they say, but you don't need to know because it's it's pretty much given to you what they say.
0: You can understand it for sure. Yeah. So from there, Team Rocket shows up and gets Baneery, and they're in this complicated robot thing where it's set up so that if Pikachu tries to thunderbolt them, the electricity goes to Buneeri's capsule slash cage mm-hmm. and it shocks Buneeri. So it can't use any electrical attacks. And yeah. now Pikachu's at a stalemate. So I, I like, negotiates with Meow to say, like, oh, like, take me, but let Baneri go. Mm-hmm. And they do take Pikachu, but uh they don't they, they like clearly we're lying and they're like no we're not letting go of Baneer. We'll, we'll have this one too. Yeah. Um but then back at the back at where Ash is with friends, Krogunk was taking its time at the camp and just shows up, sees yeah. that they're all frozen still, and uses I think a brick break or a poison jab to clear the ice and just, like, breaks yeah. it all apart so that they can get free from that. Which is funny. I really like that moment.
1: Who do you think Team Rocket had in mind to catch in order to negotiate with Pikachu? I feel like they probably he saw that it was a Buneer and they're like, oh, we'll just take Buneery instead. Think yeah, the... I think
0: it was Baneri because... They were spying on people, right? them yeah. before, and uh-huh. that's how they got their plan together. Yeah,
1: because it wasn't. In... It didn't look like it was big, right? The the chamber, no. the pod. Yeah, it, yeah, was, some...
0: it was only a fit small Pokemon.
1: Yeah, so it w- wouldn't have been Ash that would have been targeted. Probably would have been maybe up maybe another one of Ash's Pokemon.
0: Yeah, because that's a good point. They were the ones who were stealing the machine equipment to build this new robot. So then everyone shows up along with Officer Jenny because they ca- they caught up to where Pikachu is captured alongside Baneeri, and then uh, they they pull a, a uh, transformers and make the top half start flying away. And leave yeah. like the the wheel part of the machine on the ground. Pikachu is able to get out using Iron Tail, Freeze Baniri, and then Ash tells Pikachu to use Thunderbolt on one of the engines, and Dawn tells Baniri to use Ice Beam on the other engine.
1: Yes, and we see that instant bond. That'll yeah, yeah. I'm later. like,
0: oh wow. Dawn just yeah. had the instinct to tell Baniri to do this
1: apparently. Uh, yeah. That'll play in later as we go on ahead.
0: Right. Uh, and they then both jump from the the machine. And I think Ash catches Pikachu and Dawn catches Baniri, And they have a little moment where like, Ah, you're safe. It got you. Yeah. Uh, and Beniri then <laughs> D-Rocket a... crashes next to them.
1: Yeah. And Baneeri gives Dawn a little a little cuddle as a thank you.
0: Uh, oh, well, before this, Jenny is like, Oh, <laughs> looks at D-Rocket. And it's like, yep, yeah, that's the thieves. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, apparently,
1: like, um, apparently you know who they are, but couldn't tell in the picture.
0: Like, she's able to recognize them from the picture, but Ash, Brock, and Don aren't. So, I, maybe it's just that like, they're kids or something, but like, they've known Team Rocket for so long, I feel like they should recognize him. But, yeah, apparently. She can do it because she's like a police officer, so she has a keen eye for stuff and like people. Yeah, that's,
1: that's her ability. So that's my
0: yeah, that's my hypothesis for why she she's able to recognize him just from the picture. And then Team Rocket doesn't blast off. Actually,
1: that's true. Also, this Jenny didn't have a Growlithe. Yeah, I was expecting her to pull out a Growlithe or some yeah, Pokemon. So, because uh, Hoen had a Manectric, right? There was a, a Jenny with a Manectric? In I don't
0: remember. I think it was. it's always just been like Growlithe or sometimes Arcanine.
1: I think I remember there being a Jenny with a Manectric.
0: Yeah, there's some later on where you see them have a variety of Pokemon that's not just Growlithe and other dogs. But here... Oh. Her only, her only thing that she has is her motorcycle, which she uses to chase after Team Rocket, who's running away on foot, and is moving at the same speed as her on her motorcycle. Which I was like,
1: all right. Yeah, I, I wonder where the the balloon was this time.
0: Yeah, I guess that they, they were focused on the machine, so they didn't have time to prepare that. But
1: also, I, does or can I assume that James still has his Cacnea and chimeko?
0: He does have Cacnea, and he has Mime Jr., but no yes, time. Go.
1: Mime Jr. Okay, so he has Carnivine, Cacnea, and Mime Jr. Yeah. It,
0: and I've, Jesse has Wobbuffet, the Viper, and the
1: it, So far, he's only used Carnivine, right?
0: Yes. Mime Jr., he mm. usually
1: kind of treats like his little baby, so he doesn't Mime really Mime Jr.'s brother, yeah, just as a comic relief. Yeah, just a little supporting character.
0: Yeah. Which is cute. I really I really like Mime Jr., but yeah. I wish he was used more. So I thought that was kind of a refreshing end to the episode uh, where they don't go blasting off, but like a police officer is actually here trying to arrest them. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. But then uh, we get to the climax of the episode, which is, Dawn talking to her and saying, hey, do you want to come with us? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. But Dawn saying, like, hey, you're a Pokemon. I'm a trainer. I think I should actually battle you so we can do this mm-hmm. like a proper catch. And I I was like, eh, like at this point, we've already seen this happen with Turtwig where they are already friends or at least friendly. So they should just go in the Pokeball. But I guess Dawn is like. I want to do my first catch like an actual yeah. trainer.
1: Yeah, uh Yeah. With this being her first official catch, I think that's why yes. they wanted to give an emphasis of her battling. And this is this is when Ash goes like, yeah, I can see that you really want this So mm-hmm. I'll let you give it a shot.
0: Yeah, Don's like, hey, can I try it? And like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, she's and... like, yeah go for it. This is actually the scene that is shown at the very beginning of the episode, before the opening. Oh, it was and this one? Yes. I was trying to figure oh, it out. I was man. like, is this one or is it the yeah. other battle?
1: Yeah. And it slipped my, my mind because I thought it was the first battle.
0: Yes. Then, I thought so too, but I think there's yeah. a few changes in there.
1: And I had completely forgot about that because I guess you didn't mention it in the... Or I didn't really hear it as well.
0: Yeah, but, okay. This is, okay, this is something I noticed now. Moving forward, starting with this episode, they open the episodes now with a cold open, which is where they focus or they bring out a scene from later on in the episodes chronologically and just kind of do, like, a preview of it at the beginning before the opening theme song and all that.
1: Yeah, and this one kind of felt rushed when they did the opening. I was like, why?
0: This is confusing
1: because, like, you
0: just heard us talk about, we were both unsure at first, like, which battle it's it's pulling from Uh, because the same battle kind of happens twice in this episode. And I'm curious if this is partially a tactic to pad out their episodes a bit more.
1: Probably, yeah, because... The sub starts off the same way as well, but the, okay. opening, the opening fit a little more better. It didn't feel as rushed as when this mm. opening, because it just felt like like um, they showed the the thing and then it comes out and it's like, whoa, that didn't feel right. And the sub, I think they gave it a bit more of a breathing room. Felt like it fit in there. Same scene? Yeah, the same scene. For some reason... Uh-huh. This in the sub, it felt more natural. The opening, the opening scene, the opening song, rather than the dub. Whereas in the dub, I felt like, oh well, I felt weird.
0: Yeah, it. I I don't think I'm gonna ask people moving forward if how they feel about the openings or the cold openings and if they feel natural. This one didn't really because it pulls from like almost the end of the episode. And it wasn't like a cliffhanger. It was kind of just like here's a here's an action moment that we're going to show you,
1: and they didn't have the narrator as well. Yes, that's what kind of made it disconnect.
0: I wonder, hmm, I'm curious. I'm gonna go look into this later if I remember uh, if if for some reason, the narrator's just not here, if there's like a production thing or some other reason for. Uh-huh. Them like, oh, we're going to do a cold open because we don't have a narrator or something.
1: I I think they just decided to do that because in episode two, when you see, you know, Don running down the hill, narrator is there describing what's going on. Whereas in the sub, there's no narrator. Just mm. Music. They do have a narrator in the sub, but in, in that episode, there was... No narrator, and there wasn't one at the beginning of this episode either.
0: And for this episode, it ends with Dom being a little smarter in how she tries to battle the Baneri and is able to hit it with a peck. And that's really the only move she hits it with, like all the other ones kind of just miss. But yeah. there is a kilo moment where after Piplup uses Peck, it turns its head back at Dawn and is like, is that good enough? Is kind of like the the cut yeah. from that. And that's yeah, like, like did I do it? it? Yeah, it's yeah. like, did I do it? Is that is that is that good? Um and
1: then it's funny, right? Because in the the second episode, Piplup is like the one telling her, like, no, throw the Pokeball now, throw it now, throw it now. Whereas <laughs> yeah. in this one he's like, Oh, did we do it? Yeah, it's a little more
0: like Teamwork, which is cute. So, Buneary joins the team, and that is the first Pokemon that we get for Dawn. So, how do you feel about this episode coming after the last one with Krogunk joining the party?
1: I think in terms of importance, maybe Dawn should have caught Buneary before Rock got Krogunk.
0: Yeah, that's what I, think, I was thinking. Yeah. Like, to me, the order between these two doesn't matter, but I... I would have enjoyed it a little more to see Dawn catch Baneary first, because mm-hmm. it, it would be someone... It She would be then the first person in the party, other than Ash, to catch a Pokemon. Yeah. And this catch felt a little more traditional rather than Brock's catch where Krogon kind of just decides to come even though they barely know each other.
1: And and I guess you could kind of write it off as not being as important as the other two. That's why they gave him that kind of catch, like a a bonk on the head and Krogon was... um, (laughs) But I do
0: unceremonious.
1: Yeah, I do like that they they decided to take uh, a total of nine episodes before Dawn caught her first Pokemon.
0: Yeah, it was a very slow burn. And the only thing I could see where they wanted to really put Krogunk first is because A, they wanted Krogunk to kind of set up this episode with the potato and then freeing Ash and his friends with the poison jab, and B, they wanted to be the very last episode before they get to Chuba Life, so to kind of emphasize Dawn's desperation to catch Pokemon.
1: Yeah, I mm, see. Like those are it, now, and they were
0: great reasons, but they're the only ones they can really think of.
1: Yeah, but now I kind of feel like she definitely should have been. Before Brock, because mm-hmm. they were in a rush to get to Jubilee City, but um, I don't know how many episodes it will take for her first competition, but yeah. That actually the...
0: does happen in about two or three episodes, yeah. I think about two oh, okay, okay, so it's actually that's really good, right? close,
1: yeah. That's good, so that gives her time for us as the viewer to get to know. And see her relationship established with her baneer.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought too. But I think we're going to find out in the next episode of Sights on Sinnoh. What actually kind of happens in the lead up to her first contest. But before we close out this episode, what would you give a rating to setting the world on its banieri, which is episode nine of Diamond and Pearl?
1: Um, I'll give it a seven. I really enjoyed this episode. I loved the little hint at what Baneri can do in terms of when it's Baneary's time to compete. Very excited to see um, what Don decides to do with Baneri's uh, move set.
0: Yeah, I I like seeing that. Beniri has an interesting move, which is Ice Beam, a move that I couldn't learn otherwise without, like, a TM, and or at least in the games, so that kind of adds some interesting dynamics to what Beniri can do. Yeah. I would also give this episode a 7, because I enjoy more of a kind of callback and establishing things with Officer Jenny and Dawn, and her learning about them being multiple, and a little, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. world-building subtly through Team Rocket, saying that they're, or through the reveal that Team Rocket is has been stealing these machine parts, and maybe that's how they make all their machines, usually. So, I think it's good. The parts where it suffers is kind of the pacing and the fact that the animations for some of the battle between pebble and and are feel pretty recycled so that part it could be a little better on but overall it's kind of a cute introduction to Baneri uh joining the party
1: yeah that's definitely interesting to see how they interact um pikachu and Baneri, going forward and i'm also curious as to um one of our their co-hosts, um, Karina, mm-hmm. reaction to Baniri, because um, it was like I said, it's it's they kind of show it in the opening. So I'm very curious to see or hear from her reaction as to uh, what she thought when she saw Niri in the opening, and what she thinks of Niri.
0: Yes, I believe they. I believe Karina will be. On episode 7 of Sites on Sinnoh to talk about Beniri in action uh, and all that contest jazz when we get there. So stay tuned for that if you want to hear that. But yeah, if you want to stick around and hear that, feel free to subscribe to us on YouTube here, Sites on Sinnoh, where we're talking about the Diamond and Pearl anime a uh, few episodes at a time. About once a week is what our schedule looks like. So feel free to check that out. And let us know in the description below what you think about this episode. Our, this series of episodes where we have Krogunk and Beniri join the team. Once again, this has been Sights on Sinnoh. Episode 5. My name is Will. And I'm Manny. And thanks for listening. This has been awesome. Thank you for joining, Manny. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Yep, uh, two catches for you in uh, this week's episode. How do you, how do you feel about that?
1: Oh man, this is, this is definitely definitely good. Um, I was kind of jealous of everybody else who got two episodes. So I was like, but I was <laughs> I was honored to be the first episode as well, and it was I I say it's fate that you chose the episode with both Krogunk and Scizor. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely. Looking forward to the other episodes that um, will be in, and just hearing everybody's um their their own perspective of the the episode.
0: Yeah, totally. And I'm also curious to see later on, since I don't remember if this is the only case where we have two episodes back to back of Pokemon joining the party. Or if we have another case later on where we have two Pokemon get captured and join our team. But we'll have to see what happens.
1: Definitely looking forward to it.
0: All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening once again. It has been Sights on Sinnoh, and we'll catch you next week. Until then,
1: peace.